Hey, girl. I'm so excited. You are? And I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control. I think I like it. I don't know why, though. Why? <laughs> For this case. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was so like, ready. I don't know what we're excited about. I'm so excited. <laughs> I have been wanting to do this case for a few weeks now, and I'm like, every time I see Tracy, I'm like, I just want to tell you about it so bad. Yeah. She's like, don't. Don't do it. Hey, how's hunting season going in your house? My husband is a PMSing woman right now. Right. I know. <sighs> I know. It's great. It's great. So, um, sorry if this is offensive to any of our <laughs> any of our followers, but we're Wyoming and it's how we actually feed our families for the winter. So I apologize if this is offensive to anybody, but I'm actually quite pissed that I haven't gotten to go hunting this year. Yeah, all your medical things. Yeah, I'm actually quite pissed. And the season's like over pretty much. Pretty it's much. Two weeks. Yeah. Pretty much pretty much it's over and I'm actually actually quite pissed about it. Um, and I have access to some of the greatest private land for hunting elk and deer in Wyoming, and I just haven't been able to go. Yeah. It actually pisses me off. And your husband, Brighton, and I had great plans to go. Yeah, because it's the first year he can hunt back in Wyoming. Yeah, but we're we decided... We're residents again. But we decided that um, it's probably it's probably better that I don't go because the joke was we'll walk in 12 miles thinking that we're going to haul a a deer out or an elk out and he'll be hauling his mother-in-law out. So yeah. that would probably ruin hunting. <laughs> it would ruin our marriage. It would ruin hunting. It would ruin everything. <laughs> so we've elected that that's probably not our best case scenario right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But without but, you, he's a very PMSing girl. So yeah, well we, this whole, like we've been talking about this for years and years. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I mean, this was our year and yeah, today he came home and he was like, I just saw three does. And I was like, that's good. And he's like, I'm not going to waste my general tag on a doe. Uh -huh. And I was like, he will on closing day. I mean, like, if you don't, if you don't, I don't know. You know, this year, I mean, for me anyway, like, I, I had no intention of trophy hunting this year. I mean, obviously, you'd always like to get, you know, a, a bull, obviously, right. or a buck. But, I mean, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, um... We didn't butcher any cows this year because their freezer is very empty. It's yeah. outside my house. It's that empty. Yeah, <laughs> mine is too. So I mean, we need we need meat, or I it's can't afford beef. <laughs> groceries are just so cotton picking expensive right now. Is that an offensive thing to say? That groceries are that expensive? No, cotton picking. Yes, one hundred percent. It is one hundred percent. Oh, see, I grew up saying it, and I just said it, and I was like, wait, is that offensive? Yeah. Is that? Mm -hmm. Oh, see, we're oh, going to get her PC in no time. The, the, uh, the things that I grew up saying, you can't say anymore. I know. That's or that why you shouldn't I... say because of sensitivity or whatever. I don't mean whatever. That's not what I mean. I did. I say whatever. Oh my God. I need to stop talking right now. But at any rate, hunting, hunting. She's on a liquid diet. I, I am so pissy and I'm not thinking clearly. My brain's not functioning. We're going to blame it on lack of nutrients. That she's literally, offensive. Literally. You should see me in session with clients right now. Like literally I just stare at them and they're like, Tracy. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm sorry. Can you please tell me how your lunch was ruined? Bitch, please How tell me. How was your double cheeseburger with Seriously, fries some and of your us, Coke? Some of us have real problems here. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're almost done. You're almost done. I'm almost done. Just threat. two weeks of 
liquid it's, diet. You're just, fine. You're just, a weekend. You're fine. I know. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, you know, for your body being made up of three quarters water, I literally feel like I'm drowning. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, this is going to ruin me from drinking water and I really like water. I hate water. And I'm like, you can't even put anything in it. Like I can't even put anything in my water. Where ordinarily, like I would put lemons or limes or whatever in it, I can't. Put it in can't it. do anything. I can't do any anything. So Coral really likes to bake. She really likes to bake, and so she bakes all the time. And sometimes she'll forget that I can't eat, and so she'll go into the kitchen and she'll just bake. And she makes really, really good from scratch brownies and well, a plethora of things. But primarily, she's known for her brownies. And so she's baking these brownies and they come out and she's talking about them and I'm standing in the center of the kitchen and I'm just staring at her like, you evil bitch, <laughs> right? And Trista's in there too and Trista's watching me and I'm watching Coral and Coral is like cutting them and cutting them into perfect squares and putting them on a plate and she's wrapping them up to take to somebody to work and she's, you know, licking her fingers and she's like, oh my God, I think these are the best ones yet. And Trista is like smirking and like, laughing under her breath. And I'm, again, I'm just like shooting daggers into the back of Coral's head. And then Coral turns around and she looks at me and she's like, here, mom, try one. And Trista busts out laughing. And she's like, Coral, you are so rude. And she's like, what? And she's like, mom can't eat that. And Coral was like, oh, oh no. (laughs) That was so funny. Uh, I mean, it's not really funny, but it is kind of funny. They were really good. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) They were delicious. Yeah. But at any rate, so we only have a little bit longer left, and I really want to go hunting with Brayton. So I hope that the surgery gets over with and everything oh. is whatever. I Even- told him today to go take a nap like a four-year-old child because he's a bear. Yeah. He's a bear. And then he's. I was like, I am ready for hunting season to be over. He's like, what? So the ice fishing season starts? I was like, you're not a dick when you're when it's ice fishing season. Right. Because you can go and you can go anywhere. Right. But this whole <laughs> season was planned around like I had it planned. And he can't go onto the private land without me. Yeah. And it's all hike in places that neither Brighton nor I are comfortable with me doing right now. Right. Yeah. He was like, <clears throat> did like 15 miles or something yesterday. He's wild. Yeah. Not me. And then he's like, do you want to go hunting with me? I'm like, you couldn't pay me enough. You're this grouchy when you get home. I'm not going to hike 15 miles with you. No. To not see anything. That- For you to be pissed on the whole way back? No, thank you. Nope. Not going to happen. I'm not doing it. Right. Have fun by yourself. I know. Hunting season's a big deal in Wyoming, though. It's a big deal. But hunting season, for me anyway, I know with Brighton, it goes from hunting season into ice fishing season. For me and my kids, it goes from hunting season... So Whitetail will close, what, like, the area I go, I think, like, October 31st or 30th or something. Yeah. And then there's a little reprieve, but then we go straight into shed hunting. Yeah, because you shed hunt. Um, But I am mountain lion hunting this year, so. Yeah. Well, I need him to shoot something because the only thing he shot is an antelope, and I'm telling you right now. That's disgusting. He's on straight crack if he thinks he's making antelope burger. No, that's nasty. He can antelope make jerky. Is so gross. He can make sausage. Do not make me burger. With no, don't antelope. bring that into my house either, and don't cook it in my house. Antelope is gross. I don't know why everybody likes antelope so much. It's so nasty. Gross. It tastes like sagebrush. So he's straight on crack. No, it so tastes I... worse than sagebrush. It's disgusting. So and they, it doesn't even smell good. He needs to get something else. I don't care what it is at this. He point. did get an antelope. He got a nice antelope. But I need him to get something else. Cause yeah, because he's straight on crack if he thinks I'm eating that. No. 
That's it's a big another big argument in our house right now. Really? How do you you can't even tell. You can't even it tell. Does, it doesn't you... taste like I could mix it with some deer meat. And you won't even know that it's anything. Bullshit. You can tell. You can tell. It's nasty. So our, we have a very loving, happy home right now. Yeah. Hunting season. <laughs> hunting season brings out the worst in America. Hunting season in Wyoming. Yeah. I know. I'm shocked that there isn't the most divorces during hunting season in Wyoming. Now, because... now next year, though, it won't be because we'll have beef. So... You just have to make it through one year. I mean, it's why we raise beef so that we don't, you know, have to. So you're not covering me on our podcast when I murder my husband? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't be because we'd get away with it. But <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh, nobody's <laughs> seen or heard from Brighton in a while. That's wild. That's crazy. Crazy. He must have got lost. In the wilderness. He got eaten by an antelope. He got- <laughs> it tastes exactly like grass. <laughs> That's funny. So hopefully he comes back in a better mood later. He won't. <laughs> he I mean, won't. unless he fills his tag, but I don't know. Uh okay. It's Thanks wild. for letting us bid. But but next year, <laughs> next year though, you will have beef, I promise you. Okay. Good. I haven't hunted for like I said, like we we hunt for meat. We we hunt to feed our families. That's what mm-hmm. that's I mean, it's why I learned how to hunt mm-hmm. being a single mom. I mean, that's how I that's how we feed our families here. And um and it's why, though, because I don't necessarily like the taste of venison, and it's why we got into raising beef. Yeah. So, but this year we don't have we don't have any that we're gonna butcher. So, right. but next year we will. Well, and that's the thing. I was real excited. Um, Texas deer are significantly smaller than yeah. Wyoming deer, so it always made me like sad because you have to like shoot way more to fill a freezer. Yeah. And hunting isn't really. People get mad in Texas that I say this, but oh well. That it's not really hunting. You sit in a stand and you put out some corn and you wait for them to come to you. Oh, yeah. You're no. not even allowed to put corn out in Wyoming. That's illegal. You have to, like, yep. hike and go hunt like yeah. a wild west man. Yeah. So it like feels like you're, like, be. deserve it a little bit because you've, like, put in the work. Well, and it's fair. You give them a chance. Especially when you hunt with a bow. Like, it's fair. It's a fair, it's a fair hunt. It's not just, like you said, you're just... Waiting for one to walk in front of Drinking you. Drinking your coffee at a stand. Right. All nice and warm. No, no, no. No, no. No. That's not That's not how it goes here. But we digress. At any rate, sorry if, that, sorry if that conversation was offensive to anyone. But it's how we survive here in Wyoming. How we feed our families because <laughs> meat is expensive. I need Brian to kill something so I don't kill him. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) All right. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is the suspended sentence. Just kidding. I would never murder my husband. I do love him. He's just irritating right now. Yeah. Hunting season brings out the worst. It brings out the worst people. (laughs) It does. Okay. What are you bringing me today? We are bringing it actually to a Texas case. Oh, fantastic. So that was a good segue. Okay. That was good. All right. Without even intentional. Not even intending to. Perfect. Candace Lynn Wheeler was born November 15th of 1949 and was married to James Pat Montgomery. He was an electrical engineer and she met her husband, James, who goes by Pat. You're going to realize everybody has like a different name here. Okay. Goes by Pat when they both worked at Texas Instruments in the 70s. They would end up getting married October 6th of 1970, so the same year that they met, in El Paso, Texas. Candace, who goes by Candy was 20 years at the time of their marriage, and Pat was 25. Okay. So during their marriage, they would decide to move to a town called Wiley, Texas, which is about 32 minutes from Dallas, Texas. Okay. So about an hour from Fort Worth. 
Um, in 19- that's like our reference point to everything. It's like what we know. <laughs> Where do we Where know? Do we- yeah. Um, so in 1977, that uh, the population at the time was under 3,000 residents in Wiley. Okay. So pretty small, small town. Um, but I did find this kind of interesting because when I was trying to figure out what the population that time was, in 2001, all of a sudden, like, there was a huge influx of people there. The population there now is right under 60,000 people. Holy shit. Just since the 70s. That's a huge... I mean, which I guess, like, the Metroplex is always growing. Sure. And that's only 30 minutes from Dallas. So, I mean, I guess people would... They have nowhere else to go. So, they're moving out. Okay. But I thought that was interesting because the town is only like 14 square miles oh weird so that's a lot of people in 14 square miles yeah (laughs) that sounds like my worst nightmare literally so the couple had two children jennifer and ian um but i i even looked on like ancestry everything i could not figure out like when their kids were born so they exist though in the 70s and there is no record of them i can't find when they were born Oh, weird. I looked for birth records. I tried all of that and could not find it. Oh, interesting. The family um, would regularly attend the Methodist Church of Lucas, Texas, which is about 11 minutes from Wiley. And it was here that they would be uh, meet and become friends with Alan and Betty Gore. So Alan was born in March of 1949, and his wife Betty was born January 9th of 1950. The couple also got married in 1970, after meeting when they meeting when they both were attending a college in Kansas, okay. um, they later moved to Wiley, where he worked as a electrics um, at an electrics company um, in Richardson, which is in the Dallas Metroplex. Okay, they at this time also um, had one daughter, Alyssa, and they, like I said, attended the same church as Candy and Pat, so okay. just became church friends. But at this time, so at this time, Candy was a stay-at-home mom, and Betty was a middle school teacher. And Candy had quickly became known as a beloved churchgoer, a loving mother, and a devoted wife, who, on all accounts from people that knew her, had an infectious and sweet personality. Cool. So, nice little church family. Okay. Okay. It was a summer day in 1978, though, when um, Candy and Alan Gore collided after going for the same ball during a church volleyball game, where she decided that he, quote, smelt sexy. According to Texas Monthly. Oh, my God. (laughs) The pair then started flirting at church events, and Candy began telling her friends about her marital woes that she was having with her husband. One night after church choir practice, she approached Alan Gore and told him that she was starting to have feelings towards him. Um, So it was quoted from... A quote came out saying that she said, I've been thinking about you a lot, and it's really bothering me. I don't know whether I want to do anything about it or not, is what she said, and that's according to Texas Monthly. She said, I'm very attracted to you, and I'm tired of thinking about it, so I just wanted to tell you. Take some balls. At church. After church. At church. (laughs) I just want to, like, sweetheart, newsflash, in case you didn't read this in Bible page zero on the first page, God will never send you another woman's husband, <laughs> especially at church. I just want to say, like, you're friends oh with that. Like, you guys are couples friends. The balls it would take to just walk up and be like, I don't know that I want to do anything about this, but I'm highly attracted to you. Holy crap. The confidence, the balls, not I. Well, clearly she me. must have felt comfortable enough to do that. Like, wild. 
No. So, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Because I already know what I would do. <laughs> About a week later, after another church volleyball game. What uh, did he say? Hang on. So he just, she got out of the truck and she left. And then she went home. She just wanted to let him know. And then she was like, bye. Didn't even give him a chance to respond to this. A week later, after another church volleyball game, Alan Gore asked her what she had in mind. She said, would you be interested in having an affair? Oh, my God. He said. What, in the church parking lot she asked him that? Yep. (laughs) After church volleyball. Oh, my God in heaven. Uh, He said he could not do that to his wife. Good for him. Good job, Alan. But after a few weeks. Oh, after he had time to marinate on it. He then was discussing it with Candy, and the pair ended up deciding that they were going to plan to have an affair. Including um, rules such as how all expenses would be paid equally, that they would meet at a hotel every week, and that Candy would prepare them lunch so that they would have more time together. Well, I'm glad that we're doing this even, right? Like, let's share the expenses. Is he going to pay for half of lunch? Why doesn't he bring his own damn lunch? Seriously. He's not a stay-at-home wife, Mom. You you want her to cook lunch for your dumb ass, but you want, but you want her to split the bill with you. All right. After plans were made, they decided to pick the date for their they first... They agreed to that. Yeah. They agreed to it. They decided that their first day that they would be together would be December 12th of 1978. This affair would last months. But Alan Gore said he just couldn't, didn't want to be with Candy anymore after attending a church marriage workshop with his wife called Marriage Encounter. The next day, Candy said, Alan, you seem to be leaving up to me, so I decided. I will not call you, I will not see you, and I will not be bothering anymore. So the affair ends. This affair ends at this point right after Alan and Betty welcomed their second daughter, Bethany. <gasps> His no! wife was pregnant! Pregnant! During this affair. Oh, my God. And she's friends with his wife. (laughs) Oh, my God. Tracy, why do you hate men? I don't know. Right? So life just carries on after this. The affair's over. Their spouses don't know about the affair. No harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. They're fine. Everything's good. Until we get to Friday, June 13th, Friday the 13th of 1980. Candy calls Betty due to Alan and Betty's daughter Alyssa wanting to have a sleepover at Pat, uh, with Candy and Pat's daughter Jennifer. Candy had a very packed schedule that day. She had vacation Bible school in the morning before, um, before, after, or before she would have to run to several stores to run errands, including getting Father's Day cards. While at church, the youngest, her youngest daughter Jenny and the Gore's daughter Alyssa again asked about a sleepover and asked to go see The Empire Strikes Back that night. Mm-hmm. I guess that had came out in the 80s. I don't know. Okay. I haven't watched Star Wars. Uh, Is that Star Wars? I don't know. Or Star Trek. I don't think it's Whatever. One of those sci-fi movies. I'm going to get hate for that. People love those movies. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that Candy would have to um, go and get Alyssa's swimsuit from the Gore home because Alyssa had swim, swim practice in the mornings. Mm-hmm. But she was like, that should be fine. So she goes to the Gore home and she asks Betty if she could go see the movie and if it would be okay for her to take her to swimming in the next morning. Betty Gore said that, that would be completely fine. Candy gets Alyssa's swimsuit. She leaves. She goes to Target. And she goes back to vacation Bible school. Montgomery family is accompanied by the Gore's daughter, Alyssa. They go to the movie. They go home. They have dinner. They go to bed. 
normal evening. Alan had been trying to get a hold of his wife since he left the office for a business trip that afternoon with many unanswered calls, though. He begins to worry since Betty had been dealing with some postpartum after the birth of Bethany. And so he starts reaching out to some neighbors to go check on his wife and his daughter. He's like, she's always at home. It's summer. She's a teacher. She's Aww, at home. He's like, so loving she? and caring and kind, isn't he? <laughs> Aww. Celester so Gaylor and Richard Parker. Two- he must really love her. <laughs> two of the Gore's neighbors enter the home and begin to look around. And it does not take them long to discover Betty's body along a very, along a very bloody crime scene in the home. They also find a very upset Bethany who has been crying in her crib, covered in her own feces. It is determined Bethany had been left in her crib for over 13 hours before anybody found her. Oh, my God. The crime scene was investigated by Steve um, Deffenbaugh with the Collin County Sheriff's Department. And so here's the kicker, though. (laughs) Betty's found. They find Bethany. Bethany's unharmed other than being left in her... Yeah. Whatever. Don't get me started on that. He calls Candy. Alan finds out his wife is dead. He calls Candy to let her know about the murder and asks her to keep Alyssa until he returns home. He also asks her not to tell Alyssa anything because he wanted to talk to his daughter. She says that's fine and told him that Betty seemed completely fine when she left the house that afternoon. By all accounts, Candy seemed to be the last person that had seen Betty alive, though. So it doesn't take long for Betty or for Candy to become Betty's prime suspect. Yeah. Person of interest. Yeah. Betty Gore had been hit with an axe over 41 times. By the time that she was found by the neighbors in the utility room of her home, almost every surface in that room was covered in blood. Oh, my God. It wasn't until June 26th of 1918, so the 13th to the 26th, Candy Montgomery walks into a police de- the police department and turns herself in for the murder of her best friend. Montgomery hires Dan Crowder, a personal injury attorney, who she knew from church, not a criminal attorney, personal injury attorney, to be her lawyer in her murder trial. Um, her, uh, her murder trial begins on, in October of 1980. And Crowder argues that she had been acting in self-defense. In self-defense. She takes the stand in her own defense. According to Montgomery's 1981 courtroom testimony, she said she did arrive at the Gore home. She asked Betty if her daughter could go see the movie, if she would be fine with her taking her to swim lessons. Betty Gore says that's fine. They make small talk until all of a sudden Betty just confronted Candy about if she was having an affair with her husband. Candy said that she said... Betty, that was a long time ago. Betty Gore told Candy to hang on a minute, walked into the utility room of her home. She said that she returned and she was holding a three-foot axe. Candy said that she would just go home and Betty put the axe down. But as Candy was leaving, she placed a hand on her old friend's arm and said, Oh, Betty, I'm so sorry. Bullshit. Candy said then, Betty Gore then pushed her into the utility room and said, you can't have him. You can't have my husband. I have to kill you. Mm-hmm. From there, Candy said the two then struggled over the axe. Candy got a control of the weapon and brought the blade down on the back of Betty Gore's head. She, and this is a quote from Candy from court. I didn't think. I didn't think at all. I just raised it and I hit her and I hit her and I hit her and I hit her. 
She didn't stop until she had reached the point of utter exhaustion, which was 41 blows later. 40 of them occurring while Betty Gore's heart was still beating. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Forensics expert um, Vincent DiMalio testified that, yes, she was alive for 40 of the 41 blows to her body. Candy was then clearly covered in blood. Yeah. She removed her clothing washed them in the washer and dryer, took a shower in the in Betty Gore's home, and then got dressed and headed about her daily tasks. Mm. Sounds like sounds like self-defense completely. Sounds like she wasn't expecting that. She was super upset. It's completely like, I, yeah, she's definitely telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Insert sarcasm. During the trial, she was asked if this was her first affair. She said yes. She asked if it was her only affair, at which she said no. She had had another affair right after she, um, her affair with Alan had ended. She refused to name names, stating that she didn't want to hurt that person or his family. Um, even though the refusal of name, to name names, context clues hinted that the man in question was likely Candy's friend and brand new business partner, Sher- uh, Sherry Kleckler. They had just started a home remodeling company. And Candy underwent a polygraph, which indicated that she was being truthful, that this was self-defense. Yeah. Jurors heard closing arguments and reached a verdict that same afternoon. Candy Montgomery was not guilty. Shut your filthy whore mouth. You are kidding me. Candy Montgomery was not guilty. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not guilty. I'm sorry. Okay, if it was oh like my God. one hit or something, okay, that's self-defense. 41 times is not self-defense. Oh, my God. Also, do you know how hard it is to whack an axe 41 times? Yeah, I've cut wood before. That was rage. And here's the other thing. People who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. If it was self-defense, then you call the police. You don't wash your clothes immediately afterwards in there. there no, no fucking way. Yeah, because there was blood in the bathroom. There's no way. There is no way. And she just put herself back together. And then here's my thing. And then thing. carried along her day, talked to her husband. Went to church. Went to church, did her, you know, whatever. And just, no way. My thing, though, too, I'm not a mother, but from, I feel as though, as a mother, how did you walk out with that baby laying in the crib when you know that the father's out of town and you just murdered his mother? Oh, my God. How do you walk out with a crying baby that, you know what I mean? Holy crap. How do you do that? Knowing that nobody is going to find her for a Whatever. Long time. I mean, how did she do any of the things that she did? Ugh. Starting with sleeping with her best friend's husband. Starting with mm-hmm. that while her best friend is pregnant. She's a horrible human being. So do you want to know where they all are now? I very much do. Oh, you're going to love this. So Pat and Candy, after the trial, could not live in Wiley, Texas anymore. No. She was found not guilty, but it's a very small town. She right. couldn't live there anymore. They moved to Georgia, and after a few year, few years um, goes by, Pat files for divorce. Mm-hmm. 
don't know why it took him a few years. I would have left this bitch a long time ago, but neither here nor there. Um, Candy appeared to have obtained her therapist license in Georgia. No. Under her maiden name of Candace Wheeler. She got this in 1996. According to a copy of the license um, obtained by NBC News, she was a mental health counselor with her daughter, Jenny. Her license did expire in 2012, but she practiced from 1996 until 2012. She was a therapist. Mm-hmm. A mental health, cal- mental health counselor. In Georgia. What'd she specialize in? I don't know. Domestic violence? <laughs> <laughs> How to get away with murder? Pat has been living a um, relatively quiet life away from the public eye. Um, he goes by his first name, James, again. And it is unclear whether he still lives in Georgia or not. Alan Gore remarried shortly after the trial um, and moved away from Wiley, according to Dallas Morning News. But this marriage ended with divorce, and his daughters ended up being raised by Betty Gore's parents after they fought him for sole custody. Good. So he lost custody of both the girls. Good. He is now retired and lives in Sarasota, Florida, with his domestic partner, who he has been with since, since 2016. I can't figure out what that means, Domestic partner. partner. Is that like getting married, but like without being married? Is that like common law marriage or is that? That's what I'm wondering. I don't don't know what domestic marriage is. I don't either. She just straight was like, killed her. Man, she had a great, she had a great attorney. She had a fantastic attorney. Which is wild because that wasn't his specialty. He was a public or a personal injury attorney. Yeah. So let me talk to you about polygraphs for a second. Let me tell you how to beat a polygraph. Hmm. This is how. Polygraphs go off heart rates. Most people, when they're asked a specific question, if you're going to lie, you have certain like physical reactions to telling a lie. Um, so when you tell a lie, I can tell it instantly because you have a physical, you're a horrible liar. <laughs> you're an awful liar. Um, I can lie through my teeth. I can lie really, really well. Like I could say something right now and you would not be able to tell that it was because I know, because I know how to, because I know how to read people's body language. Right. But when you're hooked up to a polygraph, what that goes off of is your pulse, your heart rate, blood flow, blah, 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 blah. So if you stay calm and believe what you're saying to be the truth, you will pass a polygraph. Hmm. Clearly this girl was a good liar. She was good at pretending. She could sleep with, have sex with, her best friend's husband, who was pregnant, and carry on and do just normal things at church, like something hadn't just happened. Mm -hmm. So she's good at manipulating and being sleazy. I can't believe that there were 12 people of her peers, though, that didn't see through that shit. My thing, though, is, like, I mean, I want to know what, like, really happened. And it's, like, that's the thing is we're only ever going to know her side of the story because she killed the other person. I think that Betty probably found out about the affair and probably did confront her about it. And she can't keep her perfect image life if Betty Gore tells people that. You think so? I think she killed her. Why else would she get mad? She was having an affair with somebody else. So clearly it's not like she was like Schmidt and let me show you. I'll show you a picture of Alan Gore. He was no catch. Really? No. No. Alan Gore was not like a hot, good looking guy. 
Huh. I don't know. So, and it had been over for a really long time. I don't know. It had been over for a really long time? How long had it been over? I mean, like six, eight months. He decided that he wanted, that he was the one that wanted to stop it, right? Yeah. But then she started having an affair with someone else. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else would have just caused, like, okay, that but much then, rage. But then if, if she was going to, would you let a woman who's having sex with your husband or who had sex with your husband care for your children? No. Hard no. So if she questioned it, she wouldn't have said, yeah, you can take my kid to swimming, you can... Well, she didn't call and ask. She showed up to ask that. That's why she was there, was to say, hey, can Alyssa spend the night? Yeah, but clearly their relationship was good enough that she felt comfortable enough to do that. Like, if they had been beefing, she wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And also her behavior afterwards. Like, I'm stuck on that. Like, that was not... It was not self-defense. And how calm and cool and collected she was about it. Like, if you accidentally killed someone, you would be in so much shock that you would run. You would not feel comfortable enough to take off your clothes and shower in their house with a dead, your dead best friend there. Yeah. Also, and in addition, like, to kill her like that, like, that took some time. It's not like... It's not like, oh, somebody's coming at me with a knife and I've got to defend myself. I'm going to, you know, stab. You know, I mean, that's or not what that Or shove them back was. and they hit their head and are bleeding out on the floor. No, this was not an accident. I don't think so. I don't think it was self-defense, but. And if you even, even the panic, she didn't panic. Because if she would have panicked, she wouldn't have stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That is one hell of a suspended sentence. I know. And then she was a mental health professional. For years. That is insane to me. You know what they do say, though, is that like 90-something percent of everybody who works in mental health could like needs mental health help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I like I said, I couldn't find anything on her kids other than Jenny as a therapist as well. Whew, that is crazy. With her mom. They had like a practice. That was a great case. I, okay, so... If you want to go down the rabbit hole that I did, the reason I got hooked on this is there are two new shows came out on HBO. There's the show Candy. Um, it's like, I think, seven episodes. And on HBO, there is, um, it's a show called Love and Death. And it's about Candy Montgomery in this case. Really? Love and Death was a little bit better than Candy, but... If you want to go down a rabbit hole, I watched That's them. crazy. You can't trust men. You can't trust your best friend. You can't trust who can you trust? Nobody. Sheesh. Okay, so that's something I haven't stopped thinking about because I watched both of the shows back to back and I've watched like 14 hours about Candy Montgomery and Betty Gore, so. There you go. You got it off your chest. That was a great one. That was a good suspended sentence. <sighs> now I'm going to have to find something new to hyperfixate on. Okay. There it is. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Stay safe.